less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor interview. What's up, Cash Flow Contractors? We've got an exciting episode today with James Freeman of PJ Fitzpatrick out in the Philadelphia area. And he is an incredible CEO that's running a great operation up there for an exterior contracting business. And if you are an exterior contractor, this episode is actually brought to you by Hover. And we couldn't be more proud to partner and have a sponsor like Hover. They are a tremendous figure in the industry. If you're an exterior contractor and you don't know about Hover, I don't know where you've been, but you absolutely need to check them out. They've got some of the coolest tools on the market and they're really going above and beyond the industry. And this is a, a software technology that is being invested in heavily over the next several years. And they're not skimping out on product. In fact, they're releasing new features so frequently and they're making their, pr their product better each and every month. Uh, I would definitely check them out. They're gonna give you real to the inch measurements of everything, not just the roof line or not just the siding, but the fascia, the soffits, the trim covers, everything is going to be so detailed. And if you're doing any exterior projects, you're going to be able to get accurate 3D measurements of that building so that you can have a better sales process with your customers. But you're also going to be able to order your materials directly through Hover. You don't have to sit there and fill out an order sheet. It fills it out for you and you can send it out to whatever supply house you're using for your materials. But if you're a home improvement professional that's working on anything exterior, absolutely check out Hover. That's hover.to. The link's down below in the show notes or you can go and download their app directly from your Android phone or your iPhone and check out the app for free yourself. Uh, but thanks to Hover for sponsoring this episode. Definitely check them out and show them some love for supporting us. Here's the episode with James Freeman. Martin, you ever been to Philadelphia? I have. Yeah? What were you doing I up have. there? On my way to Elizabethtown, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. What were you, hey, I'll what tell were you, you doing up there? Well, we had a company, three companies ago, we did, uh, we, Worked in water treatment plants, cleaned them up, and we worked for, yeah. gosh, what is it called, Elizabethtown Water? I, or where maybe there are little groups throughout New Jersey, but there's an interesting thing there, and it might still be there, but you go by the stadium, the Eagles Stadium, and your GPS tells you to turn right at the wrong place. <laughs> and I verified okay. that by about four trips, and I was going to report that to Google, but I didn't. And so yeah. it's just something to watch out for. I, uh, I don't, I've only been to Philadelphia once and it was very brief, but, uh, for some reason it was one of the hottest days of the year. It was in the middle of summer and I was miserable, but, um, really cool city. Uh, got a friend that lives up there right now that I need to go visit. But, uh, Martin, our, our guest today is up in that area, actually in Delaware, technically. Um, although may live on the, Phil on the Pennsylvania side, I'm not sure we'll figure out, but James, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me guys. Yeah, how uh, we understand that you have COVID right now. Uh, glad that you're still able to talk and join us today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been uh, round two for me, and uh, thank you for for having me. And uh, thanks for putting up with uh, my my unique background. I'm up in the, the upstairs quarantine section of my house right now, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, be able to get my 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 way out soon. Well, no, well how is understand. it? How is it? Uh, uh, you look great. I mean, is it pretty rough or just kind of mild or? Uh, the first time I had it, it was pretty mild. I would have called it a mild cold. This time was definitely a little bit, I have, I've had more going on this time and it's definitely been more severe, but definitely, uh, between, you know, I'm vaccinated and boosted. So I'm, you know, I think that that's yeah. why we do that so that we can be ready for this moment when we get it. So <laughs> thank right. you for, thank you right. for asking them. 
Yeah. You're on the other side now. Yeah. I'm I mean, hopefully soon. Um, I, it's, I think it's yeah. five or day five or six at this point. And yesterday was the first day I started to feel better. Right. Yeah, man. Um, well, yeah, we know that you're with PJ Fitzpatrick. I'm, I'm going to reference it as PJ Fitz. Is that what you guys call it internally? Yeah, we do. There's definitely a lot of PJ Fitz within our, uh, dialect. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and so you guys have really served this, that Philadelphia area. Where are you located? Uh, you personally? Um, I live right outside of Philadelphia in Penn Valley, Pennsylvania. So as okay. close as you awesome. can get to Philadelphia with, without being in the actual city. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And are you from there? Uh, I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So about a, about, about a okay. half, uh, about an hour, uh, I don't know, I guess it's west of here, um, but always had family that lived yeah. in the Philadelphia area and always wanted to get back here. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah, we're excited to talk today, hear a little bit more about your story. Oftentimes when we're interviewing CEOs like yourself, that's actually the founder of the company. And that's not the case with PJ Fitz, a uh, longtime company, but you were brought in as CEO just a couple of years ago. Is that right? Uh, yeah. It's actually my two year anniversary next week. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, really, really cool to see that a family business, it sounds like PJ Fitzpatrick has moved up and, and really grown to the point where they've, they've hired their own CEO that has nothing to do with the family. Um, what's that like stepping into a family run business that's fairly large, uh, and becoming the CEO? You know, I was, uh, previous to here, I was the COO for a large family business. So it was very similar okay. in nature. Um, it was different in the sense that, you know, I was given the autonomy and the trust to make the decisions, um, to move the business forward. So, you know, previously I always had to make our final run through the, the, the president of the company, previous company, the owners of the company. And I still, you know, out of courtesy and also out of respect and of their knowledge, still will do that with our current, our, our existing owners. But, you know, they've really given me the, the, the ability to go out there, make decisions, do what's right for the business, and ultimately what's right for our people. Because if we do what's, we take care of our people, treat them well, um, mm. set them up for success, then our customers win in the end. So it's been a really great experience to be able to have the ability to, to, to work with our team and help uh, make them better. Man, that's great. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on PJ Fitz um, and kind of what it was like up to the point when you stepped in. I'd love to kind of understand the business. I know you guys are exterior contractors um, just by, you know, looking through your website briefly, but tell us a little bit about the company's history, um, how you how it got to the point where they were hiring you. Uh, and then we'll kind of walk through what that's been like the past couple of years and what your efforts have been as CEO. Cool. Um the business was started in 1980 by Peter J. Fitzpatrick, PJ Fitzpatrick. Um, it always strikes me that, that, you know, he was willing to put his name on the business and his belief was that if you're going to offer a quality product and service to a customer, you should be willing to put your name behind it. And so he put his name on the business and that, that always, uh, that's a, to me, that's a foundational element and a commitment that I want to make sure it carries through into the future. So, uh, the business started in 1980, um, it grew at a pretty rapid pace. It's through the eighties and nineties. Um, you know, they had, they started out with siding, added in roofing, um, and other exterior products. It really took off in 2003, a local business, uh, they, they, they purchased of uh, Kelly's windows and doors. Um, and between those two businesses, they were two of the major powerhouses in the Northern Delaware area and bringing them together really not only increased their scale, but increased opportunities for the people that they had to take steps forward to grow within their careers, to have new, new chances and new opportunities for success. Um, Peter stayed on 
from 2000, obviously uh, from 2003 and 2002 until 2008, when his son-in-law and his daughter actually purchased the business from him. He didn't leave the walk out the door that day. He's still a part of this business in terms of the spirit and the way that we carry ourselves. And he definitely stayed involved very closely with them um, from 2008 and probably to the early 2000s when he started to to want to take advantage of of the fruits of all the years of, of labor that he put out there. Um, but, you know, what happened between two, when they purchased that business in 2008 and when I came in in 2020 was the business grew very rapidly, quickly coming out of the, that early 2008, 2010 period, but then was really flatlined from a, from a growth perspective. It was a good quality business. They provided great opportunities for their people. They took care of their people. They provided exemplary service to their customers. But what they were, what was happening in the business is they were losing good people who wanted to take progression steps, progressions within the individual role they had, progressions into supervisory or management roles. And when you're not growing, you don't have those opportunities for people. Um, for years and years, really since back in the days that Peter was still within the business, there was a group of people um, who had consulted them, provided them uh, you know, guidance and support in terms of how they could manage and grow the business and run it in a proper way. Um, and that group in early 2020, um, coincidentally ran into our owner. One of those, those gentlemen ran into our owner on a flight to a conference they were both going to. And by the time they had landed, they made a decision to partner together and really cash in and go after what can we do with this, this business that we feel has a great opportunity to not only grow, um, but also to offer opportunities for our people and to be able to expand the PJ Fitzpatrick experience to a new set of customers who deserve that type of experience from a contractor. Um, you know, part of that decision when those two partners came in was a CEO coming in from the outside who had experience with accelerated growth, high performance businesses that had to make quick and fast transitions, um, from sometimes from an infancy stage up through a quick growth to being one of the top players in the industry, um, as well as looking for additional ways and, uh, and products to be able to bring into the business and grow. So I think they were looking for some innovation, somebody with some curiosity and a desire to go out there and win. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to, to get an opportunity to, to, to take that, take that role. And it's, that was the best decision I've made in my life. It's, it's an amazing company and it's a, it's a commitment to the, to our employees and a commitment to our customers that I really hold close to, to, to what I need to do to make sure that this business moves forward properly because he set the foundation and he really, beyond that, he set a mindset that we were going to take care of our people and ultimately then we would take care of our customers. So that mindset of how Peter approached the business, how he carried that forward through to Rick and Teresa, um, really is, is, is what I use as the base of, of how I approach the experience day to day with our employees and with our customers. Um, it's, we're, we're, we're doing some cool things and we're doing it the right way. And that's really what matters. We want to put our head on the pillow at the end of the day and feel good about it. This place gives, gives you an opportunity to do that every day. You know, amazing. Uh, uh, we were just talking about this morning, but you, th your comments so far remind me of two really great CEOs. One's Richard Branson, who said, uh, I, the customer's not first. My people are first. If I take care of my people, they'll take care of the customers. And then Jack Stack, a great game of business. Who, Love that uh, book. Really, Nell, Nell, or uh, Khalil and I were talking about it this morning about another company yeah. that they go out there and you, somebody's bumping against the ceiling, create an opportunity for them and partner with them in it. I don't know exactly how you do that. I'd like to hear some of that, but so anyway, that's two great 
great philosophies that I'd like our listeners to pay attention to. Yeah. Any, any morning that you can be compared to Richard Branson and Jack Sack is a good Give morning. Give one paragraph. Yeah, I, I almost want to be like George Costanza <laughs> and just like drop the mic and go. I've, 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 I'm, I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. We should just wrap up here. Uh, pretty, per, no, pretty solid. Um, pretty solid. Yeah. And I, I think what's interesting for our listeners, uh, we talk a lot about growth, about scaling, about different strategies for, for executing that, all the things you need from great people, great systems, a good market, good sales, good margins, all these different things. What is it like for, you know, PJ Fitzpatrick was a, a successful business, it sounds like when you stepped in, what were your first steps coming in as CEO? What does that look like to say, hey, we've got to take it to the next level? What, what were some of the first things that you did stepping in in 2020? I listened. Um, I leaned into my curious nature. Mm. I talked to people. I heard their stories. Um, I found, I tried to spend time just as much learning about what they did well professionally, but what motivated them personally, because we have this, this, this image in our head that our personal life leaves itself at the door when we walk into the job and our work life leaves itself into work, workplace when we walk out the door. And that's not true. It all flows and, 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 and melds together. So if, if you have a better understanding of what motivates people, what, what, what their desires and wishes are for success and for their, themselves and their family, you have a better understanding of how you can help them be better professionally. So I would say really the first 60 days, it was a lot of listening, a lot of asking questions and letting people talk and a lot of learning about who my people were, not just professionally, but personally. Um, and we, we use, we use a two weeker cycle very much in the, it's, it's, uh, very much like the Rockefeller habits. Um, and in that two weeker cycle, I have the ability to, to meet with my key people. And it's just as much focused on our business and priorities as it is on who they are and what motivates them, personal highs, personal lows, and getting to know them so that I can have a better understanding. If I want to take care of them, I can't assume that I understand what makes them tick. I want to be able to really get in there and understand it. And part of that is breaking down walls where people don't feel the trust automatically, that innate trust with me as a new person coming in. So by doing that, I was able to, 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 to listen to them, find key moments and opportune moments to, to provide them successes that tie into their personal motivations. And I was able to build trust with them. So that was a lot of what I did initially. Hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that point because there's, it, it carries on from there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you got a, you yeah, got what, another great name, Steve Covey, you know, seek first to understand and to be understood. So. You're just checking them off. Well, I love it. Thank you. I haven't, <laughs> I, 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 I never knew who said yeah. that, but I've heard that line and I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, you mentioned this two weeker Rockefeller. Can you maybe give us a little bit of a breakdown what that looks like? I've never heard of that. So I'd well, love I'm most to certainly not an expert. It was is. a, it was a process that, that our team had, had, sure. had incorporated into the business to be able to create, um, a coalesced vision around what drives our business, our priorities. Some people call them thrusts or pillars. We call them priorities. Um, but it starts really with yearly planning. We, we, we lay out the yearly priorities. What are the things that we want to accomplish this year? What are the, the tools or, or systems we want in place by the conclusion of the year that will carry us forward? And then we quarterly sit down and we set priorities based on quarterly pro, uh, planning sessions. From that point, then, as I'm coming, the two-week cycle kicks in with my direct employees. So every employee in our business has a monthly one-on-one -on -one with their manager. Our senior managers actually accelerate that every two weeks. And it's a, a very simple 
meeting. It can be anywhere from a half hour to whatever it takes. Uh, but it's really focused as a mix of both personal and professional information being shared as much personal as possible. And it's, it's really, I start with a personal highs and personal lows. What are your business highs and business lows? That facilitates a lot of conversation that facilitates us getting to know each other. Um, and me being able to provide relevant experiences in my life that match up to them as a trust building, uh, you know, for me to, to, to be able to, to create some connection between me and those people. We spend time on where their priorities lie for the quarter because we set company priorities and then you could have child priorities that are connected to that company priority, or you could have child priorities of your own that are independent. At the end of the day, they're all, it's really just one big maze of connected priorities, uh, but it's a matter of what is going to be the top one each quarter. And then I'm spending time with them talking about those priorities, but more so, what can I help you with? You have a job and a role that you need to be able to, to excel in. I'm here to help you excel. Um, because I think, you know, more and more as, you, as a leader, you really have to accept that your job is about helping people elevate themselves, whether that's helping them elevate themselves to become better in the role or into a higher level within the role they are, and an apprentice becoming a, a journeyman, a journeyman becoming a lead installer into a master installer. Or it could mean um, that they want to be able to become a supervisor or a manager or even sit in my seat. My job is to help them be able to, to, to find the way to do what they want to be able to, to achieve what they want to be able to achieve um, and help them set a path with, with really measured steps and, 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 and goals along the way. Because I think most people don't realize what they're capable of. I say we have a green carpet orientation for all of our employees. Everybody goes through it. And I spend time talking about success, opportunity, success, but what gets in the way adversity. And the one thing I say to the group is you, every single person in this room is more capable to do more than they think they are today. And for me, my job and my, my passion is being to help people execute on that statement. Wow. That's really great. I think so many contractors, you know, it's a stressful job, man. And going through, you know, having them, especially when you're the owner CEO and you've got to worry about margins, you've got to worry about the jobs that you're bidding, making sure you're winning those, establishing new connections, making sure the jobs are going smoothly, your project managers are in place. I mean, it's just so much to handle, but it's so refreshing to hear that you're so focused on the people, that you're focused on making them successful, both professionally and personally, and helping them to achieve their goals as human beings and their potential as human beings. Uh, because I think that ultimately you understand that Success flows from that. And that's a, just a really refreshing thing to see. And it, you're really hitting at the core of what mm -hmm. really drives results rather than focusing on the tertiary things that we think drive the result or focusing on the result itself. So really cool to see. Um, you know, I love your approach to starting inside of BJ Fitz. I want to talk, you know, we've mentioned a lot about people, but what does your role look like as CEO as far as touching the systems and the strategy? What does that look like uh, stepping into a company? Well, um, I'll start with, with the technology. Uh, technology is a passion for me. You know, in, mm. in the early parts of my career, I got a taste of what integrated automation could create. Um, and it was addictive. And it, and it really made me, that's, I think a lot of my <laughs> curious nature in terms of business process workflow comes from that experience. And to me, I want to be able to do the same thing, but better via the, whether it's an efficiency within our business or automations that we can incorporate. So I stay very in tune with the technology. Um, when we, when we launched our CRM, uh, a new, you know, as part of the, the other part of when I came into the business was sitting down and evaluating all of our, 
our vendor partnerships, our marketing partnerships, and the systems that drove our business. And nothing, um, no stone was left unturned. So I really, this part of the business is something that I get, <laughs> I, I'm passionate about um, because I understand how important yeah. technology and the infrastructure that we have around our, our, our IT is to the business. I did bring in what I consider a world-class director of IT. She's unbelievable um, and has really trans, has really taken over that the, the integrations of these technologies in the day-to-day management, but that doesn't mean that I don't like to stay involved in those conversations. Uh, that's partially why I'm here today, because even though there's people on my team who are very, very close with Hover, I stay very in tune. And, and really, if even if I can't be part of the call, most of the calls, I'm listening in on them so that I can stay in tune with what works with our team. Because, you know, we have big visions as owners and things look like they're great. They're efficient. They're going to be bottom line drivers when it's all said and done. But we have to accept that we don't know as much about the business as the people that are working the business, the sellers, the producers, the people that have to interact with our customers. So to me, I want to stay in tune with our technology and what's what's possible even just as much as what we're doing today, because the better I can make the experience for our people is the better the experience is for the customer. So from a technology standpoint, I, I had always uh, driven technology at our previous business. So it was a, a natural fit for me to come in. Um, and it was really great to come into a company that really had, had bought into technology automation and what that can offer to, to the business. Um, and I was just able to kind of just gently nudge it forward along the way. Um, in terms of strategy, I mean, that would, again, was the natural correlation. I was driving strategy along with our, with our ownership of my previous business. This is one that's great because, you know, sometimes when you work with a family business, you get the, the approach of, well, it's my business. We're going to do it my way. And there, that is perfectly acceptable, but it doesn't always put you in the best position to, 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 to have success long-term versus short-term. Um, and this has been a great business from a strategy standpoint, because nobody from our owners down through myself think we know it all. And none of us think we understand truly what our customers and our people need. We have an idea and we may be able to take the thoughts from different areas and bring them together. But, you know, I think strategy starts with listening to your people. And that's where that, that, that monthly reviews, the, the two weekers with our senior management, the way that we communicate as an organization um, it's important. And, you know, Martin mentioned Jack Stack. I think one of the things that has been a big focus for me is transparency. You know, Jack Stack's business didn't succeed because he held mm-hmm. all the chips to the chest and, and, and said, hey, go do this. Because he made everyone involved aware down to the toilet paper what things cost uh, in terms of creating those standard operating prices and, or those standard pricing. You know, so for me, we spent a lot of time educating our leadership. We spent a lot of time getting them to understand how gross profit works and what that looks like on an income statement, how our overhead works, what's the difference between fixed and variable, how can you impact it? If you don't take the time to, to, to help people understand what success looks like and what steps need to happen to be able to get there, then what are we doing this for? And you can, then you can't really get shocked when the results aren't what you want. Well, what you said, Jack Stack says too, but I maintain as well that your people are the ones who really, res- you're making them responsible for the score, mm-hmm. but you're not people who aren't transparent. Don't tell them what the score is or how it's yep. kept. And that's just ludicrous on its face. Absolutely. Or anyway, appreciate that. Yeah. You, you can't, if you were playing a sport like a basketball game and yeah. you couldn't see the scoreboard, but you were really trying to win and told, Hey, we need see, to win. 
And you're like, yeah. well, what's the score? How do you keep How do score? I win? How do I score more? Hey, I have a question. Yeah, um, exactly. Being probably the least tech-heavy guy on this call. Do you see technology as systemizing systems you already have, or do you let system or technology drive, okay, we're going to use this process because this is how that technology works? That's a big fundamental question with a lot of companies. So, so I think, <laughs> I think what you're asking is, is how do we utilize the technology to drive the business forward? And do we adapt as a business based on the technology options? Well, look, did you have the systems and then bring in technology to automate mm -hmm. it? Or did you not have systems bring in technology to say, okay, this is technology is a system. I mean, the software is this. Yeah. How, how does technology influence your systems essentially is what I think you're saying. Mark. Yeah. Which, and which came first, the yeah. chicken or the egg, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Our workflows. So I, I think that the documentation right. of, I, I think there was, there's okay. always been workflows in place at PJ Fitzpatrick, and I'm sure they were documented in, 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 um, as clearly as possible is how it was for my business. So I'll, 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 I'll kind of blend this answer between my experiences and PJ Fitzpatrick. I think, I think it's a willingness to be curious and look for opportunities. And I think what happens is people get into, um, a system and they go, okay, it's working and it's better than what it was. Let's just keep moving forward because we still have a job to do. But what they don't realize is investing in your system how you approach your workflows, what technology that can support those workflows to be more efficient is driving your business forward. We focus so much on the short term today, tomorrow, this month, and forget that really, we we're really focused on what's going to happen five years from now. And the road may be up and down along the way, but if we do the right things from being willing to question mm -hmm. um, our processes, allow ourselves to see opportunities to have better ways to do the same things more efficiently, we open up the opportunity for that five years to look a lot better than what today does. Um, and I think that short-sighted approach also comes up when you're adding new, new products internally, because what ends up happening is your people want to just do the same thing in a new system. When, as opposed to approaching that new system with open eyes and, and open arms, willing to embrace that change. You know, I read a book recently uh, last year called Think Again, uh, Adam Grant. I don't know if any of you guys have read him, but it really talked about being a scientist. You, you know, there's, there, there's prosecutors, um, there's preachers, and there's politicians. And there's a variety of different ways of how they spew information at you or listen to what you want and spew it back in a way that you want to hear it. But a scientist is willing to learn and accepts that when he fails, they get excited about it because they're one step closer to being right and having the right answer. So for us as a business, it's just as much managing our people and how they approach the changes within technology and the efficiencies they can create against what's that comfortable warm blanket of, of knowledge. Um, you know, that's just as much the challenge as finding the right technologies to put into the business. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that helps. Well, and, and, and no, yeah, for sure. And you, you mentioned that, you know, one of the first things you did was evaluate the technology that was already inside of PUJ Fitzpatrick. What does that look like for you as CEO? Someone that's really integrated into technology and understands the impact that it's going to have on your business today and for the future for that long roadmap. What are you looking for in a software in a technology that's going to be a part of your tech stack that makes you say, okay, this is worth keeping. This isn't worth keeping. This is worth doubling down on. This is something that we're just going to use short term. How do you evaluate that? 
I think it, it really depends on what's reality. And yeah. what I mean by that is within systems, anything is possible. It's just a matter of how much time and how much does it cost. So, you know, we do have to do a, a cost benefits analysis and determine if the changes or, or approach that we're trying to pursue is ultimately going to A, drive a better experience for the customer, B, or, or B, drive a more efficient experience for our people, which ultimately will drive a better experience for our customer. But it's, it's really sitting down and saying, what's going to impact our business the most in the short term and being able to prioritize those tasks accordingly. Um, so, you know, when I came into the business, it was very clear to me that we were dealing with a, a CRM that while it had great components within it, it was really archaic and was not something that we were going to be able to carry into the future. It wasn't going to, it, it was perfectly fine for a $25 million PJ Fitzpatrick, but it wasn't going to be okay for a 50 million and definitely wasn't going to be ready for a hundred million. So for me, it's a matter of what is, what, you know, when you think about a fully mature business, they're managing inventory, they're managing AP and AR and all these things. And the, the more that we can consolidate the systems that give us, that give us those ability to, to perform those tasks, the closer we get to one truth. And that's one of the things that I'm very focused on the business is one truth. You know, there's one revenue number, there's one sales number, there's one X, Y, and Z. And when you have a variety of supporting integrated systems driving your business, you can get to a multitude of truths. So for me, it was looking at the tentacle of integrated products that were driving the business and what additional integrated products I was going to have to add to that current CRM to drive the business and make me go, you know what? We need to go out and find something that can knock out 80% of what we need and over time may get us closer to 90, knowing that integrated solutions um, many times, if available, are going to be the best and shortest course to the success that we want. So we made a decision and we moved to a product called Service Titan. The original product was Lead mm -hmm. Perfection. It was a great product. It just wasn't right for PJ Fitzpatrick and our growth. We moved to, to this product and I would say it's probably got us about 65% of the way there. Um, we have to continue to develop that system to push it towards that 90% yeah. mark. And we need to continue to look for integrated opportunities. But we sat down and went one by one. And what was very clear to me is that we had so many different supporting technologies that were moving us forward that we had to clear the air and find a more simplified approach moving forward. Hey, Cashflow Contractors, we know you are always looking for ways to get the job done simpler and faster so you can spend more time working on your business rather than in your business. That's why we recommend taking a look at Hover. Hover is an easy-to-use, feature-packed solution that simplifies the process of selling and producing all of your exterior jobs. Hover is trusted by thousands of home improvement professionals, from contractors to the nation's leading materials manufacturers. Hover transform any home into an accurate, fully measured 3D model with property measurements. And I mean, seriously, all the measurements with to the inch detail, fascia, soffit depth, linear feet of trim board, you name it. But it doesn't just give you measurements. Hover gets you faster, more accurate quotes, dependable material quantities, and places your orders with suppliers all in one place, helping contractors like yourselves to optimize and grow your business. Visit hover.to today or download the Hover app to learn more. So great. So many good <laughs> things there. I know Mark really wants to talk about the one thing there, but we had an episode on that recently, that one truth, that one number for different areas of the business that just allows you to know if it's healthy, if it's not, 
and what needs to be done. <laughs> well, I didn't it's listen so to key. it, so I, that's, that came out natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My CFO, I, I, that's his line. He, he, I brought him into the business in December, and he's been a great addition um, with, a, mm. with a fantastic background. But that was one of the first things he said is that we need to have one truth across our business top to bottom. And that's really, that yeah. has resonated and carries down into our discussions when we're talking about reporting and, and what we want to see coming from our management systems. Yeah, it's fantastic. And the other thing you said is the integrated solutions. I think so many times what happens with contractors with a software is that, you know, software is a tool and they get the marketing from these software companies is, you know, really world-class in a lot of ways, but they talk about all the features and the benefits and how it's going to change your business. And it absolutely can, but think people often think they purchase the software and it changes the business. And that's really not how it works. And so many times they'll do that over and over again. It's like rinse and repeat with all these different softwares for all these different areas of the business. What they end up with is a, you know, unintegrated tech stack that doesn't meet their solutions and ultimately doesn't get used because they don't have habits built around using the software from not just, you know, from the top to the bottom. And when you have that integrated solution, it really just makes your workflows so much smoother and everything makes sense. The reporting is actually valuable and not in silos. Uh, there's so many benefits to it. So I love that you do that and you're, you're, you know, really on top of that. And service side is a, a great tool because it does have so many capabilities, so many features that are tied in together, uh, probably eliminates your software costs for several different tools. Although it is a premier product, it, it's not cheap, uh, compared to other softwares, but you pay for what you get, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think, the, yeah. I think the biggest challenge is, is, you know, we, we, when you're launching software, we go rah, rah, it's go live day, it's excitement and all this, but really that's rock bottom. You know, and then, and that's the, the truth behind that, 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 that excitement we, we, we try to portray around a, a product launch and you're, you're, you're trying to get a person to train on something that while they're doing their job on a day-to-day -day basis, it's challenging, but it's, it, the adaptation takes time and it's, you have to be willing to listen, like I said to the earlier, to the people that are actually doing the role. And, and I think it's, we've really, it takes time to instill the, the behavior in them that. Don't suffer in silence. Find the per the representative that oversees the product and talk to them and ask them the question. Because nine out of ten times, the solutions at their fingertips, you just you're afraid to ask or you you're unwilling to ask the question. So we're we're hitting a good point in our business because, you know, when I came in, part of the evaluation is it, I understood is that we said we were going to grow, and that we were going to take our business into the future. Um, and it sounded nice to employees, but it was like, what's that mean to me today? Um, so as these new systems have come in and now we've seen our, our business capabilities accelerate and we're putting numbers, you know, together on a month over month over month basis, which are, um, you know, more than they ever thought they were capable of, as I said earlier, um, you know, now yeah. they're seeing, okay, you know what, this system does help us and this is why we need it. You know, we're in the process of, 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 of launching, um, our full inventory program. Um, we're actually testing it in our new Pittsburgh market, you know, and, and the, it's, that was where I started with the truth. Hey, everybody, please understand this will be more work. It's a couple extra steps, but here are all the downstream benefits that will come. So you won't feel the, the benefit day one, but day 30, you're going to feel a lot better day 60, day 90. And then we're going to set a better future for everybody along the way. And I really, 
I think one of the ways that we do that well at PJ is we connect the dots of how your job it impacts the person in behind, next in line, but also how the person in front of you impacts them. Because we, we, there, it, sometimes business could be a, a game of pass along the hot potato. Um, and then people oh, don't man. care about what happened before or after. But when, when you talk about one of our core values is embrace the team. When you talk about embracing the team, really being there for each other, that's understanding each other. Um, so we spent a lot of time, you know, cross training our people, making sure they get a chance to, to mirror and sit in other people's shoes. And by doing that, we've, we've been able to create a, 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 a culture of adaptation, a culture that's willing more so today than ever to adopt. Um, and I, that I, I knew that would happen based on my previous experience at my other companies. Um, but you know, success, success always moves you along a little bit, a lot, moves you down the chain a little bit longer and gets people excited. So it's an ongoing process for sure. As we're looking well, to find ways to make the business You're just checking every efficient. box. Yeah. The yeah, idea that the next great. step in the process is my customer <laughs> is, uh, I mean, that they're, gosh, you're, you're covered. We Absolutely. could do a 10 hour interview on all these principles that you're bringing up, but <laughs> we really could. Well, this is, yeah. you know, and I, I didn't get an opportunity to, to, that was another great thing. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, as a business, we really focus on education, how we can educate ourselves. We've created a PJ university education, which is focused not only on technical training and the, the core components of the job, but leadership and development. What do you want to be? How can we help you get there? If we treat our employees with the respect they deserve and the respect of their wishes and desires and dreams, we're going to be that much better in the future. So we, we really take a lot of time to allow ourselves to, to educate ourselves professionally, but also to, to, to help that via, um, we have a book of the month club. That's how I, I read the great big book of business. Um, you know, so there's, there's just a lot of ways that we try to find ways to nurture that relationship with our, with our people so that when we bring change into the business, there's trust between us. Yeah. It really sounds to me like there's probably several competitive advantages of PJ uh, fits, but I would imagine that your people are your biggest competitive advantage and you invest in them. Uh, probably unlike many other companies in your area, uh, definitely unlike a majority of contractors. Um, I want to, I want to keep going on this technology route and you mentioned hover earlier and well, first of all, what is hover? How does that fit into your workflow? Um, as, as an exterior contractor. So, so basically hover is essentially like military grade technology that allows them to, to, <laughs> to use both a combination, I guess, of, of satellite imagery or, or collected imagery with some photos that are con connect, uh, collected at the home by either our sales rep or could be by a customer. And it allows us to get a, essentially a 3D rendering of that customer's home along with all of the details associated with their roofing, their siding, and they're even starting to get into the facade, the, the window and door work um, as, as we move forward. Uh, it brings the information down in a, in a format that creates a one truth around that home. Because if I go up with a measuring tape and Khalil goes up with a measuring tape and Martin comes up with a measuring tape, there's a good chance that we're all going to be a little bit off from each other. And that happens because of the way that people collect information and the inconsistencies of that. 
So Hover allows us to be able to create a one truth on what that rope looks or that roof, that roof looks like, the components of it. Um, it also allows us to be able to 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 not have uh, it. It inter- so we when I, when we launched that product, we were using this product Leap, and there was an integration that allowed us to drive our customers up through Hover and then the customer information that was collected back down into Leap. We've been able to do that same thing within Service Titan. So not only does it give us that one truth of information in a much more professional looking format with a, for, to, to be able to sit down with a customer, present to them, but it also moves itself naturally to the parts of the business Just, that need that information post-sale. So it, it's created a streamlined approach for the flow of information. It's created a more professional presentation to put in front of a customer. To be and it's created really one clear, truth along the way. You, you take a picture, okay, for a simpleton like me. You take a picture and it references the address, satellite, whatever. But it gives you measurements. It gives you material takeoffs. Uh, it gives you a 3D that you can use in sales purposes and I guess also for uh, dispatching the guys. But so you take a picture and it produces all that information. Eight pictures. Okay. Yeah. So you take eight pictures around the hole. Um, eight pictures. You kind of work your way around the home. You do the best you can based on how wooded area or obstructions that you have. But then with that address and those eight pictures, it takes both top down imagery along with the, 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 the photoed imagery and brings it all together into one. The photos almost are mm. more of a confirmation, I would imagine, in, in some ways for, of the information that's being collected from. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a, I don't know the, the hover right. technology, but like the, the, the top down sure. <laughs> collection and the satellite collection of information. But yeah, it's, it gives us a look at the house. It gives us a look at the, in, what, you know, how many squares that roof is, how much, you know, uh, a square is, is a uh, hundred square feet. So how many squares of that roof, what right. slopes are there? Um, you know, what can, you know, what valleys are there? It, it collects all this information that we would typically have to walk around on our roof to, 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 for an hour to collect, but even more so that most subcontractors out there or contractors out there aren't even doing, they're going, sitting in front of the house, looking up at it and going, yep, here's your quote. They'll put it in your, in your mailbox, you know, reach out to me. My name's Chuck. I work on a truck. Uh, you know, it's, 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 we want to be able, you, you'll hear me say a couple of times, we want to differentiate ourselves and our people are, 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 are the ultimate differentiation of our business, but hover differentiates ourselves from other roofing and exterior contractors, because it requires us to ha- invest some time. It requires us to, to wait. You know, it takes some time for that, you know, a little less than an hour for that information to come back, at which time we do a proper inspection up on the roof or up around the exterior of the home. And ultimately we give a far better experience to the customer, a more, a more detailed, thought out and complete process that allows them to not have surprises on the back end. And I can't say that we don't ever have surprises for our customers because you never know what's under what you're looking at but we minimize them with accuracy right. and, and hover is a major, major component of that success for us. What does that look like from an internal standpoint? Like who are, who, who are the people that are touching the, you know, the hover platform or even just the results of the hover work? So you've got the guy that's going to do the inspection, um, the technician, but then you've also got maybe the inventory person versus the project manager. What does that look like internally? How many people so, are touching that? I would say on any given job, 
you'll have anywhere between five and seven people in a perfect workflow. Sales representative, sales manager, uh, a person that verifies our contracts, um, and then it would flow through to a project coordinator or a project manager. So, and it could have some additional touch points along the way. If we have to go back out and do a true, what we call a, a pre-install inspection, which is post-sales, post-sale, we're going back in to, to do some fine-tuning inspection. But, you know, we started out just using the imagery piece and it was great because we had the automation to drive our customers up the hover and the customer's information back down into our management system. Uh, we are now in the process of, of, of utilizing their direct ordering features. So where we're carrying through the information that was collected and pushing orders directly to our, 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 our distribution partners. Uh, we've launched that in New Jersey, in our New Jersey market, and we're launching that in our Pittsburgh market um, right now. And we're going to care. So is that literally just a click of a button? It took 15 like... minutes off our process. One order was 15 minutes less pushing that information wow. because essentially all the information that's collected automatically via hover is being re-entered manually into our purchase order system in our old method. Now we're allowing that the technology to flow it and move it through. Um, and, and by doing so, you know, to me, yeah. you know, I look like I can be able to, you know, my, I don't want my, my, my verifiers here, this, but we could probably do 50 to 60% more work when we're fully integrated with that solution than what we're able to do. And we're going to be able to do it with wow. less manual errors. Um, our team does a great job of, of accuracy, but yeah. you know, when you're hand put hand pecking it in, there's a chance for a mistake when it's flowing through from that one truth. It's yeah. Especially when yep. you have quantity. Yep. When you have quantity, the errors increase, you know, if you're going to do, you know, 15 roofs a day, yeah, technology is probably going to beat you there. But I think that is also investing in your employees again, by providing them with that tool, you know, I'm sure they're thrilled that they don't have to measure 15 roofs in a day or, you know, I don't know how many they're doing, but also they know the numbers are accurate. It gives them a more confidence doing their job and allows them to focus their time and energy on making sure the job gets done right, rather than just proofing and correcting their work all the time or having to sit there and calculate what the order is going to be. I think it's inventory. frustrating for a customer when someone tells them, oh, yep, your, your roof needs to be replaced, your, your siding needs to be replaced, and you don't give them any rationale of why. So when we let Hover go about the, the, the process of collecting the, the, the specifications of the order, we can spend more time up on the roof or the exterior of the home looking for the reasons, documenting them, taking photos, you know, leaving our iPad down in the customer's house and doing a video guided tour of their roof and saying, hey, look here, do you see this? This, is, this might not be a problem wow. today, but it's coming soon on top of what else we're showing them. So not only do we get up on the roof to do a thorough inspection, but it gives us the ability to have the tools to put in front of a customer to rationalize why they're doing it. It builds trust because it's not me saying, hey, your roof looks good. Oh, you know, you don't want to climb that ladder to go check it out. It's we will take the time to show it. So, you know, it's sometimes it's borrowed time that we're focused on is that we're borrowing time measuring things out. Let's borrow that time to be able to, to get into the inspection and let the technology drive accuracy uh, via, the, via the tools wow. that it, it offers. And, it, and our customers win there That's too. Really cool. So um, I'll, I'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. And, and as far as what is that, give us a better idea of what that tour, that 3D model tour with the homeowner can look like, not only just showing some of the issues that might be there, but it can also show some of the options of moving forward of mm -hmm. like the color of the roof, 
uh, type of shingle. So what, the siding uh, we're is that right? Two things there. So I'll, I'll I'll start with the experience. And 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 so when we get out to the customer's okay. home, you know, we greet them, we meet them, we set expectation what's going to happen. But we get about inspect. We go about inspecting first. Mm-hmm. And before we would have to spend an inordinate amount of time up on that roof collecting information. Okay, so we'd be up there measuring it. Uh, looking for the valleys, documenting what the slopes were. And with all of that, there could be inaccuracies and there could be inconsistencies from person to person. Uh, We had then moved on to a product called Eagle View, which it's a good quality product. It's a visualization. Mm -hmm. It's it's a roofing. It collects the specifications in order, but it's more like a glorified Google Maps. Um, And But the challenge with that is it could take up to a Mm -hmm. day for that information to come back. And being a one-stop closing environment, um, oh. a one-visit and cl- uh, closing environment that we um, sell within, that that cr- creates a problem. So we ended up sometimes yeah. ordering those Eagle Views a day before, and if the customer canceled the appointment, we were paying for that, even though they never were moving forward with it, which presents another mm-hmm. challenge. So how do you weigh what's the best way to do it? Hover changed that for us because not only did Hover give a more complete representation of the home from a 3D visualization per- perspective, but it also returns in less than an hour, far faster in most cases. Um, and it allows us to start the process with the customer by taking those photos, getting that Hover process uh, in, mo- in motion to be able to collect those specifications. And while we would normally be up there measuring the roof. We're up there looking at what the roof's true conditions are, looking for things that we can spend more time looking for things that wouldn't be seen in a normal situation that create change orders for a customer down the way. There's nothing more frustrating for a customer to get a change order down the line. So it's allowed us to focus our time in other ways. So it's not that we spend less time in a home. We spend more focused time in the home because Hover allows us to be able to do that. Yeah. Man, it's so important. Um, and I love the, the, the idea of the one stop, one visit close and that other gives you that opportunity. You know, I, I can see where the contractor might be thinking, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and just use Eagle view. Cause I don't even have to go out there, you know, and it, it, it'll give me that day and that's okay. I don't have to close it on the, on site the first time or whatever, but I can see where also if they would just make the change to doing the one-stop close and look at using hover in that process and making it so much faster and that that more focused time with the customer they would have such a better sales process a better customer experience and you know, because of uh, that increase their revenue quick, increase uh, their time reduce their stress we're, we're big on lean you obviously know uh, what lean is man. because you're living it even if you don't you could invent it but mm-hmm. i'm just taking notes here of everything <laughs> hover does 15 minutes on a purchase order uh, that borrowed time, uh, which is brilliant. You're going up and doing the, the tour so they can see the haildings or whatever. Yeah. So you got borrowed time instead of sequential time. So you mm-hmm. cut that, you're doing two things at the same time. You're making fewer mistakes, which can wipe you out. I mean, we all, we all know that, uh, the one stop close that mm-hmm. you both were talking about is, is totally a lean principle. You don't have to go home, figure it out, go back tomorrow, have a car accident on the way and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, that's just 10 lean steps all in one deal. It's brilliant. And and what's cool is, is hover is, I think it's interesting. They could be very satisfied with what they have because it's awesome. I mean, as soon as I did see it, 
you know, there's a couple, couple products along the way that were quick box checks as, as I was going through the evaluation period, hover was one of them. It was just, um, once I saw the comparison to what the other opportunities were, it was a no brainer for us. Now, with that said, like I said, they could have been satisfied, but they continue to push new options. You know, being able to, to, to have the ability to provide estimation. We don't use that tool because Service Titan has that within our system, uh, but the ability to offer estimation, the ability to push those purchase orders, and they're looking to continue to build more and more. So I, I, it's nice when, you know, it's always valuable to our customers when we listen to them. And as a customer of Humber, it makes it nice when they're listening to us and saying, they're, it's not even like they're listening to us, they're hearing our pains and then finding solutions and putting them in front of us. And that's... Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're a good partner to our business. That's so great. I think one of the biggest things that I look for in software, whenever I'm talking to a company, I'm evaluating their softwares is I'm looking at, you know, what are their updates to the product? What Mm -hmm. features have they released that are newer? Um, you can tell so much from that if they're going to be a successful partner for the long term or not. And there's so many, especially in the construction industry, I see this just rampant that there's a contractor out there that has at one point developed their own software because they didn't find a solution in the marketplace. And then they end up licensing that software that they created out to other contractors. And they're not a software company. They're a contractor that has a software that they're licensing and all these people are buying it, but the support is awful. There's always bugs. There's never improvements. And that's not the case with either of the companies that you're working with, with both Hover and also with Service Titan. I want to talk about that integration a little bit because I, I would imagine there's people out there that might be using Hover right now, but that aren't using it to its full capabilities because they're not tying it into what their field management software is or their CRM. And what is the benefit that you're seeing there? You talked about the one truth pulling over, but how is that integration so, aiding you in so your business? One, it's the it's the flow of information. So in 2019 was when we launched, uh, was when PJ Fitzpatrick had launched Hover within the business. And it was during an aggressive period where they were going after paperless. Um, the, the whole, the holy grail that we all look for. And, you know, yeah. Hover really, that, that component of Eagle View <laughs> wasn't even, they didn't have the ability to, to create integrations with the platforms that we were using. Well, I don't think they had integration options for others, but I'm not an expert there. So I, I can't speak to that, but it wasn't a, an opportunity for us. Hover sure. presented that. So as we were moving to go paper, we couldn't continue to print out these reports and put them in a folder and hand them down the line and have somebody else have to print them out. This was a, a scenario where now, as that job is flowing through our group of, of, at that point, a group of steps of different management tools that were integrated to get to our management system, it all flows, uh, flowed through as one. So for us, it's as that hover report is coming down, it's attaching directly to that order in, in service site. And so that we have the ability to then be able to use that for processing there. I don't know if it actually automatically attaches or if we attach it, I, I believe it automatically attaches a little bit disconnected from that part of the, that conversation, but, um, but the, you know, okay. it's created it where it's available there to the sales rep in the home. It's already there. You know, when we sell a job, hover allows us in the photos that a person taking a job site can allow us to be processing that job and moving it forward that same day, you know, whereas before you were bringing paperwork back to the office, faxing it to an office, whatever the case may be. And the management of that paper took up just as much time as the, the movement of the job. Um, so this is borrowing time again back to be able to put it into a different, uh, into a different process. So we've been able to, you know, as we've grown, we haven't had to add 
additional people verifying our contracts, even though they doubled the amount of contracts over the past two years. And part of that is because everything is right there at their fingertips at the time they need it. And they can use that information along the way. You know, I know that we're, we're you know, we've been having some conversations with, with other, because they, they're looking at potentially adding inspection reports. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but uh, they, they're adding inspection reports into the, into, as a, as a tool for our system. That's something that I actually do via the Apple, the Apple iPad markup document. So now they're, they're hearing us as contractors saying, Hey, we're taking photos mm -hmm. and marking them up by hand. They're now building that into their workflow for us. So it's just, it's almost like we speak, they hear, uh, and, 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 and they're hearing what's, what's mm. the challenges we face the most today, even as we move ourselves forward with technology. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been a really fruitful partnership and yeah. I don't know if I've had a situation where I've had a business so willing to listen. Um, the only time that I'd ever seen that was the software business I'd mm. been in that I mentioned to you yesterday. Um, the quote countertops, but, uh, product that was in, uh, the countertop industry, because that that product was built top was to the bottom of around that? what people what, wanted. What was the so name? It's of very few and far between that. Okay. I, Just it was curious. called Quote Countertops. Okay. Quote Countertops. Yeah, it was a really cool. It was the one of the first um, quotation tools that were out there with a simplified, really streamlined workflow for customers or uh, or employees to use. But it also moved into visualization and how those two pieces could connect together to create a better experience for the customer. It's what Hover is doing. So maybe that's why a little bit why my passion is because it's the it's really one of the first companies I've seen approach the customer experience in the same fashion that quote countertops did. Um, and that was a really exciting, that was an exciting business to be part of when I, yeah. when I had the opportunity to be. <laughs> Very cool. So I know that there's contractors listening to this that are tired of software fees that are, they, they don't see the immediate value if they're thinking on that short term of paying extra for more software like Service Titan or Hover, like we've mentioned. And you, you know, obviously PJ Fitz already had some software in place and they see that saw the value of, of software before you, but let's just say it was a different situation that you were stepping into as CEO or someone, a company wasn't willing or was even questioning the value of the software and they're hesitant to pay for it. Um, you know, what is your response to that? What, what would you tell those types of contractors? You probably wouldn't take the job as CEO if they didn't see the value in software, but what, uh, what, well, what, what is I mean, your response would depend to that? on the organization, but I would, I would probably sit down and create focus groups with our senior management owners and sit down with the actual end users, the people. The, the sellers in the field, the managers that are moving the jobs through, the people that are actually touching the program. And I would want to watch the steps and show them the steps that are necessary to do things the way that we do it today and analyze it against what it would be able to do if we take this a different approach. Because when people want to think about things in dollars, you unfortunately have to put them into dollars for people. But that doesn't mean as you go up, putting it into dollars and cents doesn't mean that you can put it down into experience going down to the employees and how it will impact them. So I would start by creating a truth around what they really cost and the time it takes, because time is money and it gets forgotten about a long way. It's a nice quip, but it's, it's also a forgotten truth yeah. in our business. You know, I'd want to spend time with them to truly get them to understand this is what it takes. These are the steps. This is how much it costs us in, in investment and time. Let's analyze it against this. But I also want to think about what do we need to do to prevent creating unnecessary overhead in the business? And I don't want to just add bodies when to add bodies, because 
it takes away the opportunity for me to create more for the people that we have. We're going to naturally grow our business and have additional headcount along the way. But to be able to take care of the headcount we have means that I shouldn't add headcount unnecessarily along the way. So first for me in almost all situations is to look for technology and ways that we can create a, a better workflow before we focus on adding more people into the process. So I think it's, I would focus on knowledge, opening their eyes to what the truth is, because they think they, most owners and senior leadership, myself included, think we know what the truth is. But until we really ask the questions and are willing to go out there and experience it, uh, we only know a part of it. Yeah. I think uh, something that you mentioned there is that, you know, we, we only have so much time uh, and employees only have so much time and it's money. But same with that is that focus time is really important. And when you're spending some of your time on tasks that a software might be able to do even better than you can, as far as the measurement accuracy and all that kind of stuff, that gives you more focus time back because it takes time and focus time to be able to make those measurements, to be able to make the, the, the report for uh, what materials need to be ordered, all those kinds of things. And if you have that time back, you're able to provide that focus time to the customer, to other aspects of your job and making sure that you're improving the business in other ways. So um, really great to hear that. I want to, yeah, you know, as we, we launched, so just to cut in for one second, as yeah. we've launched these, like these education and these training initiatives, we don't suddenly have more time and bandwidth to offer, to be able to support them. So if we don't create efficiencies, if we don't find ways to do things better and to, to find that time that we can borrow back and allow them to develop and move themselves forward, that we're not doing the right things as a business. So to me, it's not just about how we can be more efficient so that we have you know, lower headcount. It's about how can we be more efficient so we can spend more time helping our people elevate themselves? Because that's what, as leaders, we're really in the people business of, of being able to help people become better professionally. And hopefully that carries through to them personally. Brilliant. So wonderful, man. This has been such a refreshing conversation for both Martin and I to hear your perspective on things um, as, a, as a business leader, as a, as a people leader. Uh, but also just in your understanding of software, I think that every owner of a company, every CEO really does, uh, moving forward, as you're thinking about the trajectory of construction industry, you have to understand the value of software and uh, how it can truly impact your business, your people, your operations, your systems, um, and, and help you to provide a better customer experience. So, yeah, as we kind of wrap up here, what is the future of PJ Fitzpatrick look like? What are you focused on today for impact tomorrow outside of the things that we've already said? You know, what are you looking forward towards? Providing more customers to PJ Fitzpatrick experience. You know, as we come into to new areas or we mm. expand the footprint within the areas that we already exist, you know, we, fe we feel that we are, uh, we are different than the average exterior modeler out there. Um, because of the way that we approach our employee experience, the way that we approach technology, um, and, and the way that we're willing to, to be curious about innovation. Um, and by doing that, it allows us to, 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 to stretch ourselves further, um, and offer more to our customers. So I'm excited to, to be able to continue to take the PJ Fitzpatrick brand, um, the family environment, the culture, um, and our people, most of all, to new to new heights, to new places. We just launched Pittsburgh on uh, Friday, the 1st of, of July, and we're already off to a hot start out there. And it's oh, wow. great because these are customers who have been getting a, an experience for a long time that's been quality and they're about to get a higher level than they've ever expected. 
Um, so I'm really excited to continue carrying mm. Pete's vision forward. Um, the foundation of you take care of the customer you have before the customer you don't. Um, and, and carrying that, that his vision into the future and taking it out to more potential customers and creating more opportunities for our people. You know, I look forward to some, you know, to, a, to, to, to giving people the opportunity to progress in their career. And that's been the most rewarding thing for me. When I came to the company, we had 116 people. We have well over 260 now, two years later. But out of that 116 people, more wow. than half of them have taken a progression in their career over the past years. They've moved forward from an apprentice to a lead installer or a lead installer to a master. They've become a supervisor or a manager or more. We've brought, we've been able to bring great people into the organization to complement the people that we have. Um, so I just want to continue that because it's fun when we have an opportunity to do the right thing. Um, it's fun to be able to, to win, to grow. And it's even better when you can put your head on the pillow at the end of the day and feel great about it. And that's what I think PJ Fitzpatrick offers to, to their employees. Um, and we offer a, a quality experience to our customers because we do that for our employees. Um, so I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the CEO, but I work for our people. You know, they have an open door policy at my company to be able to walk in anytime they want. Um, you know, while there's a high hierarchy of management, I want to know what's going on. And it's not so that I'm, I, 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 I can come down on somebody that's not doing something right because I can help coach the people who might not be doing it in the vision of what that, that matches what I have and what our owners have. So it's a, it's a really cool business. It's a, and it's given me the opportunity to, to, to do the right thing every time. Um, and that, that, and that allows me to offer that to our people. And I, and I don't know if there's anything more valuable than that. Love your philosophy. Well said, well said, James. Yeah. Yeah. And so rewarding. I mean, to see that, to hear that 50 people are moving upward inside of BJ Fitz amidst all the growth is that's probably one of the most rewarding things I can imagine of like just seeing that person, the confidence they feel, the, uh, the joy they have and the hope they have for continued growth. It's, that's really cool. Uh, really great to hear. Well, uh, how can people connect with you? I know it's pjfits.com. Uh, if they want to check out your company, uh, really cool to see everything that you do on your website. Um, and, and the service areas that you have, the amount of, I mean, you highlight your people great on there. So kudos to you guys there. Um, but then also hover.to, uh, we've mentioned hover quite a bit in this episode, check that out. Um, and what, where else can they connect with you on LinkedIn? Uh, but you know, PJ Fitzpatrick is on, is on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I think we might even have a <laughs> TikTok call. running around there with some, some of our bath teams. Uh, but you know, we, we, no, 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 no. But you know, one of uh -oh. our, we, one of our cultures, one you of running, our corpor, uh, core values is make it fun. And we do a lot <laughs> of daughter. that along the way. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of great videos of our company on YouTube. There's some, a lot of fun ones. You'll get to see me, uh, get my butt kicked playing, pick up basketball against our six foot three recruiter. Um, but you know, it's, there's, there, we, we, we definitely have some fun along the way. And, um, you know, pjfitz.com <laughs> is easy, but trustpj.com is a little bit easier to remember and really is another place okay. where you can see a lot about our people. Love that. Okay. When this has been so helpful, uh, I know our audience is sitting here thinking, man, this is, this guy's got it figured out. Um, really, really sure. great to, to hear so much from you. Appreciate you being on and we'd love to have you on again sometime and talk about more specific topics. I, I would, I would always welcome that. It's been a pleasure to chat with both of you. Hey, Cashflow Contractors. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of James Freeman. I hope that you enjoyed it. What an incredible CEO. 
Really cool to see how he's operating PJ Fitz and taking it to a new level. So much to take away from how he is a leader in his company. And yes, Hover, we talked about it in the episode, but also that's our episode sponsor for today. And if you're an exterior contractor, you absolutely need to check them out. We've talked so much on this podcast about working on your business instead of in your business and taking time to invest in your company, not just doing your job. And Hover absolutely will allow you to fire yourself or make your employees more efficient and adopt better systems in your company by having a gold standard for measurements. And then being able to do that one-stop close, just like James talked about, is so important. And Hover's gonna allow you to do that with collaborative design tools and really accurate estimates that you can get approved right there in front of the customer. Uh, Just a no-brainer that you need to check out. So thanks for listening to this episode. Go check out Hover, link in the show notes, or download their app on uh, on the Google Play Store or on the App Store on your iPhone, or you can go to hover.to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, Cashflow Contractors. We all hate when projects get off to the wrong start. The margin of error can be so costly, but thanks to Hover, the home improvement experience becomes more simple, efficient, and transparent. Accurate measurements, collaborative design tools, and dependable estimates are all ways Hover helps you serve your customers better and improve your operations to grow your business. For more information, visit hover.to or download the free Hover app today.